chapter 14. Mark 14, we're going to read verse 17. We uh, saw Jesus this morning as he stood on the Mount of Olives. By the way, I found those pictures. Even had a video scanning the whole uh, horizon of Jerusalem and even over to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as Jesus stood there about to make his uh, uh, ascension into the city, he uh, was on this donkey and, and all the, the uh, people shouting Hosanna, laying down the palm leaves. You know, we, we call that Palm Sunday. But this was an exciting time. Now days have passed. And remember, a week from that time, those people that were crying Hosanna, many of them would now shout crucify him. But this is where it uh, comes now down to the decision time for these disciples. One of them, there was a problem. On the outside, they looked like any other disciple. They talked like any other disciple. They did the work of a disciple, but they were lost. And here in Mark chapter 14, let's read verse uh, 17. We'll start reading there down through verse 21. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve, that is, Jesus comes with the twelve disciples, and as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, one of you which eateth with me shall betray me. Can you imagine the shock when they heard Jesus say that? One of us? I mean, it's just us twelve here. One of us is going to betray you? And they indeed were shocked. It goes on, and they began to be sorrowful, as would anyone in this situation. And they uh, say unto him, one by one, is it I? Is it I? And another said, is it I? And he answered and said unto them, it is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. And that was a common way they ate with this, uh, the, the dip in there, kind of almost like a, um, I can't even think of some kind of, jelly or, or something like not quite that way but they dip the bread in it all together so they'd all eat together kind of like we do with the fondue you ever eat one of those fondue meals um that's a lot of work it's messy but but it's fun and anyway that's what they would do and the son of man indeed goeth as it is written there in verse 21 written of him but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed Good were it for that man if he had never been born. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look at this serious passage of Scripture, that we would just examine our own hearts and lives, that we would make sure that we are where we should be in, with, when it comes to uh, our relationship with you, that even if we are saved, that we are where we should be, that we're not in a backslidden condition. Oh, God, have your way now as we look into your word and uh, do the work in our hearts that, that uh, you desire to do. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the scene that is laid before us is one of the last, it's, it's at the last Passover uh, the uh, disciples had with Jesus Christ before his, his crucifixion. And as they sat down at the table and and eight, Jesus asked that question or said this. He didn't ask the question. He said, verily I say unto you, one of you which eateth with me shall betray me. One of you are going to betray me. Now, can you again just imagine yourself sitting there with your closest brothers in Christ, your, your friends, 
And uh, Jesus now is not pointing the finger, but his words are not, it's not might be, but this is going to happen. And he's, now can you imagine the shock, the disbelief, the sorrow that struck their hearts and as they heard the words of their master. And in verse 19, they began to ask Jesus, is it I? They didn't say, Lord, is it Peter? Lord, is it James? Lord, I, it's got to be Thomas. No, they didn't say that at all. They said, Lord, is it I? In other words, no one there among the 12 was suspicious of another. No one. If this man that betrayed Jesus, he were here this evening, he would blend right in. You would never know it, that he was the betrayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was faithful. He talked the talk, and yes, he even walked the walk. And now, allow me to introduce you to this man. You already know his name. It's, you know, you, you've read the scripture. You know exactly who it is who betrayed Jesus. But he was a good man. He professed to be saved. I want you to hear that. This was not a man who denied Christ openly, but in his heart, he did not receive him as Savior. So he professed to be saved. He practiced good morals. He preached God's word. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, you remember those men that stood before the Lord and said, Lord, remember us? We prophesied in your name. We, we uh, cast out demons. We did all these wonderful works. They did miracles. These guys were preachers, spiritual leaders. And you read it there in Matthew 7. And the Lord Jesus said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I don't even know you. Don't even know. Now, he knew who they were, obviously. What he's saying is, you're not one of mine. They had rejected him. And they were doing all these things spiritually. Uh, they were spiritual giants in the eyes of people, but they were lost. And so this man is similar. He was religious. He was a preacher. He performed miracles. And he died and went to a Christless eternity in hell. Mm, how sad that is. Wouldn't it be sad for someone who sat in a church service over and over again, week after week, year after year, knowing the truth, knowing that there is a literal burning hell, and yes, there is a heaven, knowing that Jesus Christ died for their sins, and yet they sit lost and never did anything about it. Oh, I... Uh, what a, uh, I, that, that's always a, a fear I have. I'd hate to think of anyone sitting under my preaching that would die and go to hell that never received Christ. Well, this is one such case. By the way, he sat under the preaching of Jesus himself. He walked with Jesus. He talked with him face to face. He sat at the feet of Jesus Christ, listening to Jesus preach the true word of God. He watched as Jesus healed the sick, caused the blind to see, the lame to walk. He heard the hissing voice of the demons as they cried out in fear when they came, uh, were confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ. He was with Jesus day in and day out, but he did not know him. So if we talked about this morning, here comes Jesus on this donkey. He's riding into into Jerusalem, the great triumphal entry into Jerusalem. People are 
are shouting or singing, they're dancing. But many of them, if not most, did not really know him. They expected him to come and, as an army and kick out Rome. They did not expect him to come and die on the cross. They didn't know him. And Judas is the man, this pitiful, foolish man by the name of Judas. By the way, do you know anybody named Judas? If you do, obviously that person doesn't know the Bible. Because no one, that's the name that most people know that name. They would not uh, name a, a, a synonym for betrayal. Um, I did meet a young lady one time, a little girl came to the door, asked for her name. She said it was Rahab. So, oh my, uh, somebody, uh, but, but you know, Rahab, uh, praise God for her uh, salvation. And uh, No, no, it wasn't Rahab, I'm sorry. It was Jezebel. Now, that, that is, is much worse. Um, and I remembered uh, the life of Rahab before, but she got born again. But it was Jezebel, that wife of, of King Ahab. And uh, so, obviously, I didn't say anything, but that's a name that most people shy away from because of what that means, uh, of that, that person. And that's the same way with Judas. It's a synonym for betrayal. To call one Jews, Judas is to call a person a traitor, a betrayer. And for Judas committed that horrible, diabolical crime in some, I, I think, the most diabolical crime of betraying his Savior, Jesus Christ. And it stands out as the darkest deed in human history, what Judas did. Now, why was he chosen? You ever ask that? I mean, Jesus, uh, we, you know, we can look in the scriptures and find that Jesus is the one who uh, chose these disciples appointed them to go out two by two. Why? Why was he chosen? And all we can say in answer to that is in Matthew 26, 56, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Herbert Lockyer, a, a great Bible scholar from days gone by, he wrote, the greater mystery is, why did Christ choose you and me to be his followers? So yes, that is a good question as well. Why did he, I, 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 honestly, I would have gave up on this guy a long time ago. I'm so glad that I'm not the one in charge. And I'm so glad that God is a forgiving God, one that wants to, uh, uh, once he puts his, um, or we put our faith in him, and we become a child of God, then uh, uh, that relationship can never be broken. I have four kids. I've said this before. My four kids, I love them all, but uh, if something happened, God forbid it did, where um, they said uh, they didn't want anything to do with their father anymore, uh, maybe they even wanted to change her name, a few of them have already done that, that's through marriage, uh, no, two of them, I should say, and, uh, but if they did that, they got so angry, you know what, they could do that, they may never speak to me, and God forbid that would happen, but you know, they would still be my children. It does not change the relationship. The fellowship would be broken, but not the relationship. That cannot be broken. And the same way spiritually. When we receive Christ as our Savior, uh, it says in John chapter 1, but as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the children of the sons of God. And 
And once he, we do that, we receive, we receive eternal life, we shall never perish. That relationship cannot be broken. Not by us, not by the devil himself. And thank God for it. Well, so Judas here, uh, I want you to see um, this man. He was greedy. His gr greed and desire for money, uh, desire for status, and... Um, but it couldn't be realized, and he, he now was beginning to understand, if he was going to follow Christ, uh, this wasn't going to be what he was wanting. When he saw Mary come to Jesus with that ointment, and, um, which was, they said, about a year's worth salary. It was very expensive. And she anointed Jesus, poured the whole thing on him, and that's, that's when he said, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for. I thought we were going to overrun Rome and kick him out of Jerusalem. I thought we were going to have a, set up a king, and I was, I'd be able to serve at a high position under Jesus Christ, our king. But now I realize that this is not a physical or political uh, party, but it's a spiritual, uh, a, a spiritual battle that, he, that Jesus was fighting. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 6, you know, a lot of people, you hear them talk and they say, well, money is the root of all evil. Is that true? Not at all. It's the love of money. I mean, we need money to pay for our bills, to, to get food on the table and whatnot. But it's not money that is the evil. It's the love of money. A person that loves so money, in fact, for the love of money, uh, it's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, uh, that is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil. People do things because they, they'll do anything to get more money. That's, that's the problem. And it says, goes on to say, uh, some have coveted after. They have erred from the faith themselves through with many sorrows. You know, we're quick to jump up and, and try to defend ourselves and say, well, bless God, Pastor, I would never stoop so low as did Judas. To, to betray my Savior. Not I. I would never do that. Kind of like Peter. Remember? Uh, Jesus is talking about how he's going to have to die and that he, his disciples are going to forsake him. Peter says, no, wait a minute. Not me, Lord. I will never. I will die with you. I will never forsake you. And, of course, we see him following Jesus in the shadows, afraid of the enemy warming his hands by the enemy fire and denying Christ, just as Jesus said he would do. So before we are too quick to say, oh, I would never do something like that, I wonder if we have not sold out Jesus for the things of this world. And, and this is what Judas, the, the point I'm getting at here, that first point, will you sell out Jesus? Judas did. Yes, we know that. But um, will we do it for the things of this world? Lord, is it I? Is it I that has betrayed you the pleasures of this world? Is it I that has betrayed you for those pleasures of the world? And by the way, that's not, not all of those things are evil. Some are, obviously. But some may be just taking the place of our time with God. And we would rather do that. I love fishing. I do. I love it. I dream. I've been dreaming a lot about it because I'm ready to go fishing, getting the itch to go fishing. But 
uh, it, it kind of reminds me of that, that uh, preacher who uh, loved to go hunting. And he, uh, he decided it was a beautiful day. He was going to go bear hunting. And uh, so he uh, uh, told them at the church he was sick, and he went out in the woods, lied. Well, he's coming around the corner real quick with his gun, and lo and behold, a bear is coming the other way. Just met him almost face to face. And he goes tumbling down the hill. His gun goes one way, and he goes the other way. And he's there, and he broke his legs. And he looks up, and that bear is charging down the hill for him. And he begins to pray, oh, God, make that bear a Christian. And that bear comes running up to him, skids to a stop, drops to its knees, and puts its paws together and says, dear Lord, thank me, or thank you for this food that I'm about to partake of. Well, he didn't get it quite the way he wanted it. But my point is, there are a lot of things, pleasures in this world that we seek after. And we put Jesus down below that. You say, uh, can you imagine, and I've used this illustration before, but can you imagine going to, you men, going to your wife and say, now listen, honey, you're one of the, one of the, the best ladies I know in my life. You're one of the, my favorites. You know, you, I love you uh, among all the, no, no, that wouldn't work too well. She's the one and only. That's what she wants to hear. And so does Jesus. Jesus, listen, if you don't put him first, you're not right, as a Christian I'm talking about. Uh, we need to put him before all things. The pleasures of the, this world. Lord, is it I that have forsaken you by not putting you in your rightful place, by the music and entertainment that I use to, to seek pleasure? Am I, am I um, honoring you with that? And uh, Lord, is it I that has betrayed you? Is it I that has betrayed you for the wealth of this world? Some people, that's all they live for, right? Is to make more money. I, I always am just brokenhearted for some individuals. I remember working with men that was, all they would do is they would work every hour, every overtime, and not to, to uh, take care of their needs now. It was to build up a great big egg nest, or yeah, did I say that wrong? Nest egg. And uh, for later on in their life when they retired. And so they neglect their family now because they're storing up for then. The only problem is when they retired, they died not too long afterwards. Uh, look, nothing wrong with that with retirement. But there is a, something wrong with all we're doing is focusing on tomorrow and we're not living today. Let's enjoy the day that God has given us today. Let's live for God today. So many people say, well, I'll live for God one day down the road and when, when I have more time to devote to him and, and I can, maybe some young people say at a magical age, I, then I'll do that. No, now, today is the day. For salvation, obviously this is the day. For none of us know what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes, let alone the next 10 years. Uh, we all uh, might uh, have departed from this earth. In 10 years, where will you be? That's the question. But here, here we see also, as we ask ourselves this, Lord, is it I that has betrayed you for the popularity of this world? I, what I mean by that, I would rather have the applause of man than knowing that I've pleased my Savior. I'm more concerned what others think about me around this world than I am what God knows about me. My position in the community is more important in my position with God? You see, we get things backwards. We are living for the, uh, for the temporal and not for the eternal. Lord, is it I that has betrayed you for the relationships of this world? 
uh, a girlfriend and a boyfriend. You know, isn't it amazing what we will do when, back in those days when we were dating? I mean, the money we would spend just to try, we're trying to win that, uh, that young lady, and, and so we would spend that money. We would do almost anything. Sometimes, here's the problem. They, we put on a mask. You know, they, and then, then after marriage, uh, uh, that uh, your wife looks at that guy over sitting on the couch and with that white T-shirt that's got holes in it and, and uh, food from his last meal all over it, snoring away, and said, that isn't the Prince Charming I remember. Something's happened here. And, and so the relationships of this world, don't fall for that. Don't think that, you know, I, that my most important thing in the world is a relationship I can get with another individual. No, it's with God. It's with God. You see, if God, if your relationship with God is what it ought to be, the relationships you have on this earth will be what they should be. The Lord have I, is it I that has betrayed you for a relationship? And uh, uh, who are your friends? Who are your, your close friends? I know Brother Hart mentioned uh, that as well this past week, how that affects us, those people that we associate with. I'll be honest with you. I uh, am not real comfortable in a, a, a room full of lost people. Now, I've been in those situations, but I would rather be among God's people. That's where I feel comfortable. Now, I, I will say this. You and I are to go out into the highways and hedges to talk to people about Jesus Christ, but not to go out there and try to fit in with them. We are to be distinct. We are different. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. There ought to be a notable difference uh, because God, a relationship with God gives you joy, peace, patience, endurance, all those things. That's the fruits of the Spirit. Well, Lord, is it I that have forsaken you? Then let me ask you this. Number two, is your life filled with regrets? Nothing sadder than talking to someone in their latter years of life filled with regrets as they look back on their life. I wished I had done this, or I wished I hadn't done that. And um, they're filled with regrets. Uh, I, I, maybe that's, as I've said before, maybe that's why some people are just old and grumpy, uh, because uh, they have regrets. And I'm not just talking about unbelievers. Obviously, the unbeliever is going to have regrets. But look with me in the book of Matthew, in verse 20, or chapter 27, excuse me, Matthew 27, verse 3. Matthew 27, verse 3. Still talking about Judas here. Matthew 27, verse 3. It says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented. What's that next word in the Bible? Himself. It, it, if it just stopped repented, but no, it says repented himself. We'll talk about that in a moment. And brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders and saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. Jesus had told the temple guards to arrest the man in the garden of Gethsemane, the man I would kiss, uh, greet with a kiss. And this was um, 
an arrest by the religious leaders. And Judas pointed Jesus out, not because Jesus was hard to recognize. In fact, if you may recall, you look in the Gospels, and you'll find that when they came, they said, we're looking, you know, Jesus asked, who are you looking for? Well, Jesus of Nazareth. I, I am Jesus of Nazareth. Remember the response of those guards? They all flat fell on the ground. And uh, before Jesus, Jesus wasn't trying to hide. Jesus wasn't hiding in the bushes, hiding in the garden, cowering in the shadows. He said, here, here I am. I am Jesus. I am the one you see. And they didn't need Judas to do this, to, to uh, kiss him, to figure out who he was, because he was openly saying, here I am. Take me. It's, I'm the one. But why did Judas do this? Well, Judas agreed to be the formal accuser in case the trial was called. So it wasn't just a matter of identifying Jesus. He was going to be the formal accuser in the court of law. Now Judas, this formal accuser, now he comes back to these religious leaders and says, guys, I was wrong. He wants to drop the case. And he wants to drop the charges, but the religious leaders, they refuse to stop the trial. Too late now, Judas. And when he betrayed Jesus, perhaps Judas was trying to force the hand of Jesus. Maybe he was thinking, if I do this, now Jesus will be forced to show all of his power and will then take over and rule uh, uh, Jerusalem and kick out the Roman Empire. And... Um, but obviously that was not in God's plan. Uh, so whatever his reason, Judas changed his mind. Changed his mind. But here's the problem. It was too late. Many of the plans that we set into motion cannot be reversed. You go and jump off a cliff and say, well, you know what, this wasn't a good idea. I, I think I'm going to change my mind. Too late. The laws of gravity have already got a hold of you. And that's kind of the same way it was with Judas. Too late now. And, and so it, it is best to think of the potential consequences before we launch into action and, uh, we, uh, and, and, and perform these uh, duties or whatever we're about to do and then have regrets afterwards. Better to think ahead. Now notice Judas repented. I mentioned this or alluded to it just a moment ago. It was not true repentance but really what it was was selfish regret is your life filled with regrets well regrets listen regrets can't get you to heaven you may feel bad about what some of the things you've done be and your guilt seems to be weighing you down but that's not going to save your soul and uh, so he, he uh, repented, it was selfish regret. Not like Peter, Peter who repented, believed, who was then forgiven, and no, he repented, Judas did, he repented of himself, he despaired, and he was ruined. Now what caused Judas to repent? In verse 3, back there in Mark chapter 14, when he saw that he was condemned. Let me read that again. And being in Bethany, oh, um, am I in the right uh, place? No, I'm sorry. I'm back in Matthew 27. No wonder that uh, did not ring right in my mind. Matthew 27 and verse 3. 
It says, then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, then he repented himself. And so uh, that's, that's what, what caused him to, uh, to repent was that he was condemned. He repented himself. That is, he was filled with grief. He was filled with anguish and indignation at himself when uh, reflecting upon what he had done. He really felt bad. And how his conscience caused him to cry out, what have I done? What a fool I have been. Sin will soon change its taste. Oh, the devil is a great deceiver. He will make sin look so good. And we think, oh, I must have it. Oh, it must, it must taste so good. But it won't be long where we'll find that it will change its taste. What were the uh, signs of his repentance? He made restitution there in verse 3. It says he, um, he repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver, but it was too late. He made confession and uh, uh, confessing that he had betrayed Jesus. But again, uh, he confessed to the wrong people. He went to the, uh, to the priest there, but he did not go to where he should have went. Uh, instead of going to the priest, he should have gone to the cross where he would have found a forgiving Savior. Oh, it's so wonderful. We'll see that here in a moment. Regretting what you've done is not going to get you on a spiritual setting with God where you have a sure way into heaven. Regret is not regret can lead you the right direction, but to uh, Judas, it was not. Repentance, uh, re that, this is a turning about. You know you've sinned, you reject that sin, you turn away from it, and you turn to Jesus Christ. Judas did not do that. I would say, like the old song says, there's room at the cross for anyone who will repent and come to Jesus Christ. Lord, is it I that has betrayed you and sold you for some temporal possession? Lord, is it I that regrets my sin but really refuses to repent? Then thirdly, are you willing to pay the price? Sin will always do that, won't it? It'll take us farther than we want to go, and it'll cost us far more than we're willing to pay. For Judas, such was the case. Sin will destroy us physically. Listen to Matthew 27, verse 5. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went out and hanged himself. Sin will destroy us. You've, you've seen the pictures of those that are... Uh, drug addicts, they may be very young. You'll see a, a picture of a beautiful young woman, and uh, this is uh, just months later. She'll look like she's aged 20 years because of the drugs. That's sin. Sin is a horrible companion. Sin costs much more than we want to pay. It destroys us physically. And then sin will destroy us spiritually. Acts 1.18, now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. Now, a very pretty picture there of the end of Judas. But that's where sin took him. Um, after being betrayed, after Judas came, a, a symbol, a sign of such tender relationship, a, 
a, uh, a kiss. After he betrayed Jesus with a kiss, I want you to hear this. Jesus spoke to Judas in Matthew 26 and verse 50. The very first word there says, he said to Judas was, friend. Wait a minute. That's hard for me to picture. Here is Judas. Jesus knew all along that Jesus, or Judas was not one of his. That Judas was, was uh, masquerading before everyone. That he was a lost man. Though he did all these good things, he was lost. And Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. And when it finally comes to that time, when he kisses him, knowing this is the sign of the betrayal, Jesus calls him friend. Let's go on. Look what it says. Friend, wherefore thou come? Now, did Jesus know why Judas was there? Of course he did. Did Jesus know why Judas kissed him? Yes, he knew exactly what was going on. There was nothing hidden from him. So why did he ask this question? I believe it was for Judas's benefit. Can you imagine this? If we were able to rewind the tape. And Jesus, now Judas had come to the garden with intention to betray him. He kisses him, pointing him out that this is the man. And Jesus says, friend. And he says, wherefore art thou come? Can you imagine right then if Judas said, oh, Father, Savior, Jesus, forgive me. And he falls on his knees and said, I, have, I am wrong and I have sinned. Please forgive me. I believe this was Judas's last time, opportunity to be saved. I can't, that kind of love is beyond me. That to love a man that, that was willing to have Jesus killed, but Jesus still loved him enough to give him this opportunity. Lord, is it I that has betrayed you and sold you out for some temporal possession? You know, we're not going to get to heaven one day and say, Lord, weren't you really impressed with that car I drove? Man, remember that house I had? Boy, that was the best house in the county. You remember how much money I had to bank, Lord? Man, weren't you impressed with that? No, none of those things will matter when we stand before Jesus. It's only what we've done for him. Can you imagine the people that stand before God, the great white throne, lost? There was no hope for them now. No slick-talking lawyers can get them off here. Because they stand before the judge, Jesus Christ, who knows everything. They're not going to say, uh, be so arrogant and say, Lord, you know, don't you know who I am? Don't you know the position that I had? No, there's going to be nothing but fear as they stand before that judge. Because, you see, you can either come to Jesus tonight and know him as your Savior, and you'll bow before him. Or one day you will bow before him, you'll know him as your judge. Lord, is it I that has betrayed you and sold you for some temporal possession? Lord, is it I that regrets my sin but refuses to repent? Lord, is it I that must pay the price for my sin? Lord, is it I? Where are you with the Lord tonight? Listen, if you're saved, praise God, I know you're going to heaven. But if you're not sure... Don't gamble with your soul. Get it settled once for all. Let's bow our heads.